0: Welcome to Pitch Intense, the Fall Entertainment Movie Pitching Podcast and Game Pitching Podcast and today, specifically, Game Console Launch Pitching Podcast. We are getting ever more specific with these topics. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren. Uh, and we are always the whitest of children. And uh, we have spent the last couple of days just battling against the sun and our own health. So that's been pretty fun for us.
1: Oh, yeah. We are not sun merchants. We are we are white bread to the fullest. So, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I was made ill by just going outside and eating barbecue food. So I'm even allergic to the food they cook outside. So that's good. Because <laughs> um, you
0: spent, like we were talking this morning, you spent last night mostly staying awake and vomiting because that was fun oh yeah just full of joys dealing with flies coming into
1: my room and not realizing (laughs) what the window is just just the best really um and and then and having to fight things on subnautica which i think actually added to my sickness that (laughs) that was great it actually made you feel
0: actively worse
1: yeah exactly it's if i hadn't been playing that game and wondering Oh, but if I just go a little bit further into the reef, I wouldn't have been up till two o'clock in the morning and may have had a better <laughs> chance of
0: sleep. Oh, God. Uh, and meanwhile, I I had a horrible headache last night because I have made the mistake of going out into the sun. And I wish I could say that there was more of it. I probably wasn't drinking enough water, but I'm not an outdoorsy boy. So it gives me a horrific headache when I'm out there. Uh, and then once that cleared, the hay fever's here, the pollen's out and I am a sniffly little shit so that's going to be fun for us we're not we're not at the, our, our, the height of our energy for this one um no. which cannot be said the same of when we heard that the playstation 5 announcement announcement reveal uh is imminent it's next week which is mental like we knew it was something was coming because e3 was on the horizon it's not anymore but we know that uh, the Xbox Series X is gearing up for its big reveal, although technically it's already had a couple of reveals. Um, we know that at least, I think, Ubisoft and EA, at the very least, are still planning on doing some kind of live streams, although not in the week of E3, or what the week of E3 would have been. Yeah. But Sony had been really quiet, as quiet as Nintendo. Nintendo don't say anything until, like, the night before anymore. Um Sony somehow was saying even less until the other day where we heard what we presume to be the PlayStation 5 startup noise and uh, a graphic telling us to tune in for a live stream on the 4th of June at nine o'clock at, on a night for, uh, yeah. for the UK, which is a weird one.
1: Uh, I mean, f- that's better than most E3 presentations because if you wanted to watch the Microsoft conference live, you usually had to stay up until about 2am in the morning, so... This is a boon, if anything?
0: Yeah, the fact that we don't have to stay up till gone four o'clock in the morning to see everything is fantastic. Um, because no one's competing for um, stage space because it's all digital, they can just do whatever the shit they want, which is great. So that's a plus. And also, holy shit, Daryl, we might actually see the PS5 this time. Which would be nice. It's been, yeah, they've done everything backwards where instead of having
1: the big flashy launch event and then going into, you know, more... Uh, tech heavy stuff down the line they started with the tech heavy stuff then showed the controller and now they're going to show the console it's all ass backwards but it's it's getting And yeah you're right they it in their blog kind of announcing it and some of the quotes i've seen from the head of um, playstation in america that it seemed like they were actually planning to attend e3 unlike last year they said like well usually we have um we would do this in front of an auditorium full of people in June, but that's not going to happen this year. So we're going to have to try and replicate that in different ways. So that's disappointing.
0: It seems like they they pulled out before that they pulled out. Yeah. They, they said that they were going to do a stage presentation, but it was going to be PlayStation experience. They were going to do their own thing. Basically they were getting up all their toys and they were going to go and make their own casino with blackjack and hookers. That was their plan.
1: Well, they, that makes they had already
0: abandoned it. It was Microsoft who were like, Yeah, we. it's a shame we can't do E3 because with Sony out of town, they ruled the roost. Because Nintendo left yeah.
1: that game ages ago. Yeah, well, Nintendo have just, they, they were the first to capitalize on having, you know, keeping up people with their news throughout the year. And E3 kind of lessened that. And I, I see the point because this way they can dominate the news cycle for a week next week with the PS5 reveal. Uh, and they don't have to compete with all the other noise from what Microsoft's saying, what Nintendo's saying, what Ubisoft will be saying, what EA is saying, uh, saying etc. So it makes sense. And this is why, yeah, I don't think we'll see a lot of people rush to take their conference times at what would have been at E3 uh, in what I think it's a week Tuesday E3 would have been started. So I think this is, it may have actually helped this reveal because we may see a lot of third party games get announced in this reveal. Um, that otherwise would have been announced in their own conferences at E3. So this may have helped Sony a little bit. Uh, we didn't see a lot of that in the Xbox reveal, admittedly, but they, they're taking a slower pace. That was only a 20-minute event the other day, whereas this one's going to be an hour.
0: Yeah, that that's the big difference. It's not so much um, a collection of third-party trailers. This sounds like it's going to be first-party information, which is... the The entire reason you buy an exclusive platform is to play first-party exclusive games so i feel like sony actually understands more what their audience wants more, more than microsoft microsoft were the first at the gate to say we're going to show gameplay they didn't do that but they were the first at the gate to say it which means they had to lean on their third-party uh, developers and their partnerships more than they could show halo infinite for example because that mm. game is just not ready but we don't know a single thing about any first-party developed Sony game. That's exciting. The fact that they've held off from even remotely mentioning what, what's coming to PlayStation 5 makes this reveal seem a little bit more impactful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, with that in mind, um, as we did last uh, week with
1: a kind of quickly put-together pitch, uh, we only started discussing this on Friday night after the kind of announcement had been made. So we've what well, that's slightly over 24 hours. We've both put together pitches for what we would like to see from the uh, PS5 launch. We've both gone down slightly different routes, but this is what we kind of hope and expect we'll see um, come launch or come the reveal event on Thursday. This is what we're going to be seeing. And this time round, Mike's going to kick
0: us off. I am now. I approached it from the way what i want to see when we come to launch day rather than what i want to see during the um the launch live stream i'm thinking more about the the real world scenarios we're going to be facing when we're going to purchase our playstation 5s on day one if we want to do that so with that in mind this is what i'm thinking is going to happen in terms of the the basic stuff that we need to know I was looking at the calendar and I identified a launch weekend that seemed perfect for the launch of the PlayStation 5. That launch would happen on Friday November the 20th 2020. We know that because they've come out and said they are definitely still re- releasing this console in 2020 then because you know the event hasn't put anything back. It's it's still apparently all you know smooth sailing up until the launch. I think the important information that we might not get at this stage at this live show but i think we should get would be the price point i think you can't sell this console any lower than 499 in the us and 450 in the uk i think that would be the perfect kind of sweet spot between it's more expensive than the playstation 4 was at launch and it's still somehow not overly expensive even considering the parts inside the playstation 5 in my head i think that they would release in both a black and a white variant although the uh, hard drive does not increase in size it stays at the advertised 825 gigabyte custom uh, solid state drive the reason it's custom is because we know it has a ridiculous write speed of um 5 gigabytes per second which is just fucking mental that would mean that you know load times would be almost eviscerated downloading games would be incredibly quick therefore trying to capitalize on bringing the playstation store to the playstation 5 on launch with a bunch of shit that you can immediately download and play so the two color variants black and white actually come from the dual sense controller we've seen that it has a predominantly white top and black bottom i think that those colors will be flipped um on the actual controller itself to feature a black top and a white bottom. For the other console variant. So if it's predominantly a white topped controller, you're buying the white variant of the console If it's a predominantly black top controller, you're buying the black variant of the console Uh, We know that the DualSense itself has a ridiculous amount of technology packed into it for a controller Including the haptic feedback triggers which will actually supposedly provide resistance when you're pushing the triggers down Which is mental Mm -hmm. um it will have a built-in mic array it will have the create button i'm I'm not delved too much into what i think the create features are other than a sort of a more built-up version of what's already on the share button i can't think of anything that they could jam into that that would make it more interesting we 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 can take photos we can clip video clips that you know unless it's just you can start strict twitch stitch streaming with one button that'd be pretty cool My thoughts about the controller is the only other thing that you could force into this thing and it be a a reveal for this upcoming event would be the lighting on the controllers. Because the lighting in the controller on the DualShock 4 was a really big contentious point. It was bright, it was big, and it drained battery life. It looks like they're actually going to be addressing this a little bit in the design of the DualSense in that the, the lighting array on there seems to be a much thinner strip it's not a large led panel on the back of the controller it is two lines on the front face of the controller and they don't look particularly strong in terms of how many lumens they're knocking out so my only thought with that is that could be rgb so a little bit like the way that it was that color on the back bar would change Uh, during particular gameplay so it would go from green to red when you lost health stuff like that i'm thinking that that stops being such a conducive part of gameplay past the launch titles and will give you a great array of control of how you want your controller to look so i'm imagining there'll be a piece of software on the playstation 5 itself that will allow you to communicate directly with the controller and change that rgb color to whatever color you want you can turn the the sort of in-game intuition on or off if you want to have those changing colors on the controller during gameplay great if you only want one color because you want it to look the way you want it to look it fantastic you've got that level of control but in terms of hardware i'm not actually bringing too much new to the table we know a lot of what's already in the playstation 5 we know that it's going to have those was it's like an octa core 10 teraflop processor that's a custom build with a built-in GPU as well as an additional GPU. There's a lot of stuff in there that is we could go into and we already know about, but it's incredibly boring. And I think if Sony spend too long on that, they're gonna turn people off. What people want to know about is what can you play on this machine and why is it important to pick this machine up? That's why we come into the games. So let's quickly go down the list of confirmed games that will be available on launch day as I've pitched it November 20th, 2020. Fortnite, because of course... Warframe, because of course, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, World Rally Championship 9, Dirt 5, FIFA 21, Madden 21, NHL 21, Observer System Redo, Outriders, Quantum Error, Redo Enhanced Edition, and Ultimate Fishing Simulator 2 are all available on launch day. This isn't news to anyone. What I think is extremely likely it was is that we'll see PlayStation 5, Um, I don't know whether I want to say ports or originals, but these four games would have very distinct presences on the PlayStation 5 on day one. And these are all from third-party developers. They are Scarlet Nexus, which is uh, the new Bando Bando Namco uh, JRPG action game uh, that got shown off in the Xbox Series X gameplay thing. I'm pretty sure that's where that was released um we know that that's coming to playstation 5 because the developers confirmed it directly after that live stream com- uh, finished so that's quite ridiculous we know that vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 is coming to series x and we already know it's coming to ps4 i don't think it's a massive jump to think that that's also coming to ps5 with its own SKU, so it's going to be released on its own disc uh the game godfall from gearbox We know that's coming exclusively to Series X and PlayStation 5. I would not be surprised if that is an early launch title. And one that I think that people have forgotten existed because it feels like the company that produced it has forgotten that it has existed. I think, Darren, we're going to get Skull and Bones on day one. Wow. Okay. Because where is that game? That game has been piggybacking off the assassin's creed 4 sailing engine since assassin's creed 4 launched on the playstation 4 yeah they've they delayed it and delayed it and delayed it and part of me thinks it's because they want to have a launch title that isn't assassin's creed on day one now you could see that as a a bit of a dull move from ubisoft because that directly conflicts with assassin's creed valhalla yeah That's because I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla will launch before the PlayStation 5. Right, okay. I think that is going to be treated as Ubisoft's swan song to the eighth generation of games consoles, whilst also providing that experience for PlayStation 5, no doubt. Uh, But Skull & Bones will be the one that is not available on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. That will be a solely next-gen game. So Ubisoft can basically have double dips on their christmas earnings to go if you didn't buy the new console good news you can still play the new assassin's creed if you did you can play the new experience which would be skull and bones that makes a lot of sense that's what my thinking is there. it we've seen this time and time again where large publishers put two games out and make them compete against each other ea does it all the fucking time they put um battlefield one and titanfall two out on the same weekend that was It was a death sentence for Titanfall, but luckily there was kind of like a, like a big fan movement and Titanfall's looking pretty good, and then Respawn went on to do Apex Legends and Jedi Fallen Order. They're fine. It's cool. The other big feature of the console that's been talked about in terms of how it competes with Xbox is backwards compatibility. The rumours are that it can do back to PlayStation 1, but I don't think that's a launch day feature. I, I just can't see them bringing that in on day one without that being like a big home run moment for the next E3. Because who are these people getting a PS5 and then going, woo,
1: I can play Tomb Raider again.
0: Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, nobody buys, because I'm going to have to buy a new TV to play this fucking console because I want to play it in 4K. No one buys a 4K TV, a nearly 500 pound console and goes, you know what I miss? Overboard. Like Come nobody on, guys. does that. Let's play Cooler World. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I would play the shit out of a new Cooler World. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, I love that game. It's only twenty years too late, but that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking that's that's later down the line. I think that even could be exclusive to the PlayStation Now service. Because they're not pushing that as hard as they could. Mm-hmm. Xbox Game Pass trounces it in every single fucking way. So make you know that would be would that be a holiday 2021 feature i don't fucking know it would come later the thing it would have though is playstation 4 compatibility from the get-go i think people who haven't bought the playstation 4 has seen uh sort of multiple first party games go platinum and get greatest hits editions and get special editions game of the year editions and been wondering what it's all about so, here is a short list of the kind of titles that I think could be playable on PlayStation 5, even though it's an updressed version of the PlayStation 4, from day one Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk 2077, Spider Man, God of War, Marvel's The Avengers, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Bloodborne, Uncharted 4, No Man's Sky, Horizon Zero Dawn, Shadow of the Colossus, Last Guardian, Blood and Truth, Days Gone iron man vr astrobot rescue mission tetris effect and Wipeout omega collection that is a long list but it does cover all of the major first party uh playstation 4 games there is along with some of the upcoming sort of 8th gen swan song games that may not get their own individual next gen skew like for example i can't see them i can't see them making lego star wars skywalker saga on playstation 5 disc I just can't see them doing it. Same with Blood and Truth. I I can't see them doing that. They've put so much money into boxing up the PlayStation 4 version of the Iron Man VR game. I can't see them re-boxing it for the PlayStation 5. I think it's just going to be... They'll slap a sticker that says compatible with PlayStation 5 on it. That brings me neatly onto the fact of PlayStation VR will be compatible with PlayStation 5 from day one. That being said my vision for the future is there will be a re-release of the playstation vr headset you could just call it psvr2 um that will bring in greater motion tracking technology i forgot to send it you darren but there is a video of a prototype uh, sort of scanning controller that playstation are developing yeah that can track the individual finger movements of the player i think that's where we're heading I think we've done head tracking, we've done sort of hand in space tracking, if you know what I mean. Like you are just operating two mitts. I think what's next is a very delicate, definite experience where, you know, each individual movement of a limb, a finger, a, a head, an eye can be tracked and can be replicated in game. Basically, we're heading further and further towards ready player one. I mean, good, because for
1: a second there, I thought you said, when you said scanning technology, I thought you can say, and what will happen is Tony Hawk will hold up a skateboard to a camera. It will will scan it in. It'll be able to play. It's like, no, Michael, Microsoft made that mistake. Don't go down that route. (laughs)
0: No, (laughs) it's going to definitely be more about greater degrees of control than it is putting a fucking camera in front of you and just thinking that that's the answer to everything. I'm not sure whether that we're actually going to see... sort of like an increase in the number of sensors that we get with psvr because we've seen sort of like greater depth tracking with sets like the um htc vive which has like additional sensors that you place around a room Mm -hmm. i don't know whether we're going there yet what i do think is that the playstation vr 2 headset, so the one that they release later down the line will have a camera array built into the front which will basically simulate depth now i know that connect didn't do that very well but we have moved on from that and also we've got the advantage with um playstation vr to have those those light ball controllers which can greater track depth mm-hmm. and then maybe perhaps an updated version of those controllers have those uh, fingerprint trackers on them. I'm not sure how you would do that without literally mounting it to your fucking wrists, but you know, this remains to be seen. That's not part of my pitch, it's more of a conjecture. So now we come to the stuff that is new, the stuff that we haven't heard about, the stuff that I think is more than possible, including one massive big punt that I really hope happens. To be clear, I don't think all of these games are coming day one. I would really only put, let me think, one, two, maybe three of the six i'm about to talk about for day one okay what i think is the most likely is a system seller is a big game that people will be excited for the second it gets revealed one that comes from a first party developer inside sony uh, and one that represents a fledgling franchise you probably knew i was going to say this but i think on june 4th we're going to get horizon zero dawn 2 announced for release as a PlayStation 5 launch title. Yep. The... the I mean, that was a runaway success was Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't think anybody saw it getting as big as it did. Uh, no,
1: it is the most unfortunate game in history as it launched on the same day as Breath of the Wild, but that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. Which <laughs> it made... It,
0: me, sorry, sorry.
1: Go Made me have a crisis of confidence, which was great. Um, and in any other year, it would have been game of the year. It just... It's just an unfortunate timing, to be fair. Uh, it was very much the, Ronaldo, the Cristiano Ronaldo of games. Uh, otherwise, the best ever, but oh, messy. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Basically, yeah. Not to, I know you don't like football, but I hope you understood that
0: analogy. <laughs> I've heard both of those names, so that must mean something. Good job. <laughs> but that's the thing. It was competing with Breath of the Wild, and it's almost entirely the same in concept. It is you versus the elements. Yep. It doesn't have that problem when it comes out. The end of this year because Breath of the Wild Two will not be coming out at the end of this year. I almost guarantee it. um What we will see though is a full sequel which follows Aloy journeying across this new America to stop the the. There's a character. Can, can we say spoilers for the end of Horizon Zero Dawn? Spoilers
1: for the end of Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs>
0: i'll take it so we know from the very end of horizon zero dawn that silence got his hands on the hades system so right. i know what an arsehole um so there is no doubt in my mind that he's the villain for the next game mm-hmm. and i think actually it would be incredibly interesting to have silence as the villain for the next game considering how much he actually aids you in the first yeah i, I don't think it's a truly antagonistic relationship that these two characters will share i think it will actually be one of mutual respect, but differing ideologies. I think that this is is gonna mean that silence are gonna go across America trying to reactivate the Hades system to basically trigger Extinction Event 2. Um and Aloy is out to stop him as basically one of the only people who knows that this thing even exists. So this is gonna bring us on I don't want to say a road trip because that makes it sound a little bit corny. But what we are going to have is more eco-diversity in the terrains, more verticality, more effective verticality, I think, because I think we really lost something, and unfortunately we do have to compare it to Breath of the Wild in a sense that Aloy couldn't fucking climb. Like, it, was, it was a real big sort of dent in the armour, and I think that's the first thing you do. We, we can now scale things. Especially because we, there was cutscenes where she was climbing very effectively. Right, and a lot of... And a lot of platforming challenges where you're fighting tall enemies. What yeah. the, the watchers, were those the big um, giraffe things? Was yes, that, they were. Yeah. Com- not being able to climb that thing is mental. You should be able to scale that thing with your hands. So that's what I would like to see. Um, this, the, the kind of terrain diversity will allow us to have different parts of America and different tribes showing off that have sort of responded to the extinction event at the beginning of horizon zero Dawn, one um and how that has differed i think you could even have sort of like different languages popping up they may not have actually rediscovered english it could be something much more broken um i think you can even see a lot more remnants of the previous world show up it would be interesting if late game you actually did find an actual working firearm because this is set in America. There's no way that all of those were destroyed. Yep. That would be pretty cool. So that's that's what I think. I wish I had more ideas, but as someone who only really played Zero Dawn in passing and haven't got that many memories of it, that's the only bit that I could feasibly see working. An idea I did have is that, oh, is a mom now, but that feels a bit too trite. Like I Yeah. Feel the, the theme of motherhood was so big in the original game. I feel like it would just be it would be an echo of the original if we did that
1: and i think it would just be a a a plot contrivance at the end of the day i don't know what it would add outside if you know that kids getting kidnapped at some point
0: yeah it's just it just screams we know how this story ends that's why i didn't want to do it um what i think is equally likely on launch day though in terms of games that we don't know about is call of duty black ops 5 now you may be thinking to yourself we had Black Ops Four two years ago. That was a Treyarch game. We usually get them three years apart. You would be correct, but apparently, according to industry reports, Sledgehammer Games, who was supposed to be leading a Vietnam War focused Call of Duty game for 2020, was struggling with the project so badly. Treyarch had to take over. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, honestly, if they if they've been laying groundwork for this long, and we only heard about this at the end of last year my thought is that the vietnam thing hasn't gone away and i think it will just have the black ops inserted into it so very similarly to black ops 4 we could potentially not even see a story campaign depending on how badly sledgehammer games had done with that i ideally would like to see a story campaign because the one in the previous modern warfare the one that released at the end of last year was really good it was back to Call of Duty being as good as it could be again. Really? Honestly, it was fantastic. It was a little bit more morally grey, but right. I kind of enjoyed that. I think I would enjoy it more if it wasn't coming from uh, from Activision. Yeah. Because then it just feels a bit insincere. But, yeah, it was really fucking good. Um, huh. So more, more of that would be nice. It's just whether Treyarch want to do that because they gave story mode the old heave-ho in Black Ops 4, and that's why hardly anybody bought it. My, but they're gonna have to though they're gonna have to do something like that add something of a story in it because then he- how is it different to the battle royale call of duty free play thing that they've just released yeah Good which point. which i imagine will be making its way to ps5 because activision will want to keep that revenue coming in so i haven't got anything else other than i think it's going to be vietnam focused because that's a place that call of duty hasn't gone to yet it's not even a place the battlefield's gone to yet like there are other games in that genre that are doing that setting well and it hasn't been explored by the big titans of that space i think it's because i'm thinking of world of war world
1: at war even but that was like the pacific theater as opposed to
0: vietnam wasn't it it was yeah that game came out in 2008 oh that was the last one I purchased before the, um, the previous Modern Warfare. And even then, I didn't pay for it. I got it free with my new phone. God. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't bought a Call of Duty game in over 12 years. Jesus. Okay, I feel old. Bloody hell. Anyway, Black Ops 5. I think that's going to happen. That is an absolute... That's a nail on. There's no way there won't be another Call of Duty game coming out. Um, these three are the ones that are in contention as to they could happen... Mm -hmm. it is feasible but i don't know but i think we will see all of these games eventually it's whether or not they appear at launch if i had to pin my hopes on which one i wanted it would be the last one i'm going to talk about um but let's go with the 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 iota of an idea i had which is gran turismo 7 yeah Mm. and i think that the big thing for that it was it will have vr support from day one i think because i don't know whether you've seen the videos of it darren and this is not even remotely related to sony but somebody made a vr version of mario kart and it's the best thing i've ever seen oh wow okay (laughs) it looks fucking incredible and i want to play it i'm thinking that that's what gt7 is going to um offer sort of to people at home with just that headset i think traditional controller based controls with the dual sense and Uh, all the visuals being fed through the psvr headset that will offer a more immersive driving experience i think it doesn't even then need to go hard into a career mode although it's been a fair minute since gt6 so we could we could do that they've stopped doing that prologue bullshit Mm -hmm. they just go straight to numbered sequels now so i think gt7 is pretty likely but honestly, I can't see it being so... Because there's only so many times you can go, we made the cars look even more real, you know. Unless unless this one is actually not coming out at launch, it's going to wait for that sort of twiddly finger controller, and it's going to allow you to, like, turn the blowers on in your car or something, or change the radio station. I don't think we're ready for that level of immersion. That's why I think it's going to be a solely focused racing game coming out day one. Yeah, that makes sense, yep. Um, this is a big punt, but it's not the biggest punt. Mm-hmm i this is a weird situation in when sony bought insomniac it purchased all of its ips right that means even though ratchet and clank um and previously by the dragon but mainly ratchet and clank um were owned by insomniac and allowed to go multi-platform although they rarely did now they can't there is a weird anomaly in all of their ips and it is one that means we will never see the original on a playstation console but we could see its sequel i'm talking about sunset overdrive and i think sunset overdrive 2 is an absolute nail on at some point but hopefully at launch for the playstation 5 um i had a little bit of think about where you could go from this the original was a really cartoony and campy uh sort of I want to call it a rail shooter but I'm just going to call it a fluid motion shooter. You were often grinding on rails and shooting stuff. You rarely went on the ground and ran around. It wasn't there was a momentum about sort of staying above ground on power lines for example, a lot like the um the movement in infamous if you remember that. Yeah. So that followed sort of like the story of your, your insert a character sort of battling against this weird plague that come around from a contaminated energy drink. I think the updated version of that would be you have your colorful outsider character arming up, um, in a fight against a swarm of roided out people spawned from a radioactive protein powder.
1: That makes sense. Yep.
0: Cause that's uh, that's certainly a thing. People, people really do like the protein powder. I, I, I struggle to think of how you could innovate on this. But all I can say is bigger environments, bigger swarms of enemies, things the kind that we saw in Days Gone, where they can sort of like become fluid and almost make themselves into structures. That's how I'm imagining this. Um, And obviously with a wackier variety of weapons. So like the, the iconic one from Sunset Overdrive is the gun that launches vinyl records. Stuff like that. Something right. hipstery. I think we could see uh, coming in, a, possibly like a gun that launches that beard trimmers. I don't fucking know. Avocados. Fuck yes, an absolutely right. a nailed-on thing would be an avocado bazooka. The, the avocado grenade is just going to be, I think, absolutely. So there's not much else to say about Sunset Overdrive two other than it's more of the same. Only this time, it's definitely not going to be on Xbox. Um, we're on to my final two games. There's one I think is actually incredibly likely and one that is has to happen at some point, but I hope to God it's our big launch title. We'll start with the likely one. Demon Souls Resurrection is what I'm calling it. Now, Darren, how much do you know about the Dark Souls franchise? Uh, uh, an okay amount.
1: Fair enough. Um, very vague. I, 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 I actually turned on Bloodborne for the first time the other day. The really? fact they're playing Subnautica should tell you how that experience went. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, Bloodborne's so good, though. <laughs> I know, but I just kept getting murdered and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You've not told me where to go. What do I... Oh, oh I'm dead. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. dear. Um, so, yeah, that didn't go great. But I've seen enough Let's Plays that I've got a working knowledge, let's say. So. Yeah, I get it.
0: Well, those games... Pe- people think that Dark Souls was the progenitor to these this style of overly hard, brutal action RPGs. It wasn't. It was, oops, excuse me, it was 2009's Demon's Souls, which was a PlayStation exclusive and Sony still owned the rights for. So 2009 is a fair shot away. I feel like we've already had the Dark Souls remaster. We need the Demon Souls remaster. And Sony can do that whenever they want. My vision for this is more a... And more of a redesign and an upscale than it is just a simple remaster in a port. I feel like you really could fix some of the problems that were present in that game. There was a lot of problems with uh, collision detection. There was a lot of problems with clunky movements, which later became staples of the Dark Souls franchise, but got refined and felt fair. There was a, an element of Demon Souls that there was certainly towards the later half of the game was slightly unfair my thought for this is it's a full-on 4k rebuild in the same vein that the crash team racing was a rebuild it was made from the ground up again but made to resemble the original Mm -hmm. this would have combat from the dark souls 3 slash bloodborne engine um, which i think gives kind of a little bit more speed to the combat the original Dark Souls and Demon Souls is even worse for this, but they were fucking slow games. They were methodical. They were clunky. You had to enter every new encounter like it was a brand new start. We're going to fix that. We're going to make it a little bit more streamlined. Uh, and we're going to add additional content. So what would be the point of owning a game that is mostly irrelevant now that Dark Souls has become the titan that it is? We add more to it and we do it by adding in a link to Sony's other first party owned franchise that's also developed by From Software we've already mentioned it it's bloodborne mm-hmm. additional content would put the uh, the sort of the wandering warrior from uh, demon souls into yharnam which is the setting of bloodborne in order to tie those two stories together and add further lore building opportunities which may lead to a bloodborne 2 later down the line okay, that's my big uh, big picture idea for that. I really liked Demon Souls. I've got the um, the collector's edition, the Black Phantom edition edition. Um, I bought it when it when nobody liked it, so it was 10 pounds and then it became like a really rare court hit and you couldn't get it lower than 70. It was oh, no. a really, really weird time. So my biggest punt and my final idea for this pitch um, should come as no surprise to who I am as a PlayStation fan. Um, uh-huh. but i want we know it's coming we know that it's being worked on in some capacity and i think it's time for crash bandicoot to make his big comeback yeah you, you gotta know this is happening uh-huh. uh <laughs> my idea now we've heard the the title crash bandicoot world's being thrown around i'm just gonna run with that i don't have anything new for you what i think it could be though is uh, it's a hybrid of open world and level-based gameplay. It builds off the great parts of the N. Trilogy and the Crash Team Racing remake, but also takes influence from newer platforming games to make it so that it's not just a retread of Crash 4. We're not just doing Wrath of Cortex again.
1: Yep. so you're going to take influences from platformers like Mario Odyssey and Mario Odyssey
0: and yeah. uh, Mario Odyssey, I think, and... Uh, yeah that and also this little known game you might have heard of called mario odyssey i have heard of that i heard it's yeah quite a, yeah indie hit yeah yeah it's uh it's uh, it's climbing up the ranks let me tell you no obviously this is going to be the big mario odyssey ape like yeah. this is the most foregone conclusion of foregone conclusions i just want this to be a day one game my idea for this um now actually darren did you see that there was a playstation 4 trailer released last year late last year? that showed uh, sort of segments of popular playstation 4 games being enacted in real life did you see this uh no oh, yeah. i will send you some links about this um when i wrap up what i'm telling you basically sure. what happened was it showed off like kratos and crash and the monster hunter franchise all being activated in the real world when they show crash it was very clearly crash team racing but with two different sort of noticeable additions for one it wasn't the same render that's in crash team racing it was a new render of crash bandicoot a better render of crash bandicoot and for two they snuck a new mask in there oh yeah if you look back at the trailer there is a never before seen mask following coco bandicoot i think that they that's I, I, I hate conspiracies and I hate uh is this a reference is crash coming to smash like all that nonsense right I do what I do want crash and smash but that's besides the point um I think that that is actually going to be a big hint towards what's going on in the new game my version of that is a new mask called kagu kagu uh, sends crash coco crunch and the rest of the crew on a dimension hopping adventure across time and space it will feature eight brand new open world settings each with large open hub areas that contain its own challenges its own time trials its own death routes its own collectible hunts alongside five traditional forward facing levels um and a boss fight at the end of all of them which take place in the hub world when building those hub worlds, to me the most important things would be verticality. Um, this would allow zo- sort allow you to zone off areas of the hub worlds to make them their own little challenges, yep. um, as well as a greater variety of special stages when you get to the uh, the five levels inside the hub worlds. So, for example vehicle sections were a big thing in crash three you had the bike the plane and the jet ski i think you could see introductions of vehicles like tanks carts and mechs i think mm-hmm. that would be a really good thing to go down we got a flavor of that mech action in the wrath of cortex but it was just it was just a worse version of the traditional crash gameplay so i feel like we could make that into its own thing yeah. karting is a foregone conclusion tanks i think have featured in crash bash not that many people remember that Mm -hmm. so that would be fun it'd be more destruction it'd be great um so that's that's where i'm going with that i i think that that is a fairly safe bet to be a playstation 5 timed exclusive and it would later find its way onto the xbox series x potentially up to 12 months down the line but that would give the playstation 5 its traditional mascot back at its most important time which is the opening 12 months it would give it um a a sort of a more new style mascot in the form of aloy as well it would give it games that you might have played on other platforms and you want to continue playing with sunset overdrive it will give you your traditional um yearly experiences with a new call of duty it would give you traditional not traditional it would give you new um third party influences which some of which we already know about, some of which can be gleaned, and it would do it all at a price point that wouldn't seem too far-fetched for the system with a lot of the backwards compatibility from PS4 built in so that the console doesn't feel like something that has to be waited upon. It can actually be a full replacement for the PlayStation 4 system, even if you own a massive library and a PS4 Pro and a PSVR headset. It is, by all accounts, the core playstation experience and that's what i think is going to happen very nice michael um okay you've gone slightly more in depth on some of
1: the games than i have so that's good Um, (laughs) okay but no that seems like that seems like a good slate for them to launch with that's pretty comprehensive for everybody um and yeah that seems about what we got uh, comparable to what we got with the ps4 Where they had, um, they had infamous lead the charge with a few other kind of new IPs alongside it, plus everything that was releasing around that time anyway being souped up on the PS4. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, Sunset Overdrive, if you really wanted to, I I know it's the done thing at the moment, but you could easily make that the Battle Royale game.
0: Oh, fuck yeah. You absolutely. And just,
1: yeah, if they want to jump on that and have a PlayStation exclusive, um, battle royale and considering turnaround time on games seems to be a lot quicker for battle royale games that could be quite feasible and means that they um that um oh god insomniac haven't diverted plans away from a spider-man sequel um or anything else they're working on because i mean uh what's it called uh the titanfall guys were able to put um the uh jedi in order and Apex Legend out in roughly the same window. Yeah. So I feel like that plus a Spider-Man game would not be too taxing. So no, that is very good, Michael. Um, So kind of how we did last week, we've taken slightly different routes to get to the same conclusion. So I've structured mine as if it is the reveal event we're going to see on Thursday. Okay. Um, but it will touch on all the things that you did uh, as we go along. So uh, buckle up. So uh, we will, of course, now I did passed into my mind to try and do the um the unraveled E3 perfect tick list of things <laughs> that did cross my mind. It's very sad that we only got to play that game for one year only. Uh, if you don't know what we are talking about, go and check out Unraveled E3 conference uh for that. Um so it did cross my mind to try and fit a few of those in. I don't think I've done that. Um, um tell me you got at- the dream ballet in though no i didn't get the dream ba- ballet in, unfortunately uh. but there we go so um so mike covered all the tech specs so i won't i won't go over those again um and all the upcoming games as well so i won't i'll touch on where they would be in the reveal but i won't list them again so we'll start with an artistic reveal of the console itself that just feels like that's the inevitable thing uh it's two-tone i haven't got different colors i've only got the uh one that kind of mirrors what the control looks like so it's a predominantly white console uh with black embellishments around it uh, i haven't really got an idea for what the shape or the size is going to be like um because i mean the xbox and uh, the xbox series x has gone for like a kind of blocky almost utilitarian one where they haven't really gone for design so maybe they've gone with something like that just so they can fit all that technology in there and it's more function over form but we'll see anyway so after we've had the artistic reveal and someone comes out and starts doing their thing, we're going to have to have the first game reveal. And of course, if you look at any console reveal in history, there's always a car game up front. So I too have got Gran Turismo 7 leading the line. Nice. Um, what kind of influence the games are going to pick, or at least some of the new ones, is I went through and looked at all of the PlayStation studios that Sony own right now and looked at when was the last time they released... Um, either released a game full stop or released a big console game.
0: Uh, you did what I did
1: then. Good. So with might. there's only three that look like they could realistically have a game ready for launch um, where their last game was released in 2017. Um, so try to act surprised when we name one of them that we know is coming. <laughs> um, but so this will be from Polyphony. Um, they haven't released a game since 2007, uh, so 2017, which was GT Sport which means somehow the PS4 did not get a numbered Gran Turismo sequel, which seems odd. Um, maybe they'll go down that route and go Gran Turismo Sport 2. I don't know, but we're going with Gran Turismo 7. So um, it's the easiest way because obviously people know what cars look like. So it's very easy for people to grasp very quickly the graphical pair of a new console because they can look at you know whatever Ferrari or Porsche is driving past on the game and say, oh my God, that looks like a real car. Um, as opposed to having to show something very whimsical and something very magical, which you haven't really got as quick a reference point for. Um, so this will be, it'll be a, an artistic trailer to begin with. But then I think they'll use this game to kind of point out a lot of the new features uh, in the game, particularly the graphical side of things. Um, so they will have with the new custom SSD drive, they will have basically no loading times, as you mentioned. They'll do this by loading the same track in gran turismo sport and then the same track in gran turismo 7 from the menu and you'll see just the absolute massively vast difference between the two they're kind of cheating there because gt sport was you now three years old so newer car games would probably be able to load stuff quick on the ps4 but as a straight comparison between the predecessor and the new, new version of gran turismo it will show you just how very very quick their uh, loading stuff is the haptic feedback in the shoulder buttons will be shown off by driving over different terrains so they'll have a, a course that's kind of a, a rallycross stores where they'll be driving across gravel uh driving across uh, asphalt driving across grass and the triggers and the rumbling will feel different so it feels like you know you can feel tactic uh in a tactile sense the difference between the road surfaces uh the 3d audio which is being built in will be shown off in the the cockpit view. So they'll have like surround sound speakers, but they'll show just how good that 3D audio is to make it really feel like you're in the car. This is where you could add in the VR element as well. Um, the ease and speed of development is shown off by unnecessary level details. <laughs> of, um, like they'll, they'll, the, the way I'm going to pitch this is, they'll get um, a high-end PS3 model of a character model so they'll get Kratos from PS, uh, from um, God of War 3 or whatever, and say, "This is the level of character. This was the standard for main playable character design in the PS3. This is now the level of detail we can get in spectators in the crowd that you see from a mile off." That's so again, cool. yeah, unnecessary like level of details will be pushed. <laughs> to show that because that was something I, uh, in um, the the uh, developers conference they did they said the PS5 has a much smaller learning curve than the PS4 did. They said it would take any new development team about two months to maybe even three months to really get the most out of the console, whereas um, now it's only going to take them a month to really get to grips with what the PS5 can do. And that means that they can spend more time developing. And because things can be processed faster, they can spend more time on unnecessary details. They'll show like... um, They'll say, we scanned every inch of the Nürburgring in Germany. And, you know, <laughs> of this scuff mark is on this corner. And, you know, we've got the cracks in the pavement in this bit. And we've got this tree is exactly where this tree is meant to be, etc. And then, you know, they can kind of hint towards the scalability of that. So you could even hint at like future games like Spider-Man, where they've gone out and actually mapped Manhattan and said, right, this is now completely accurate to this island every building in its is in its place where it should be, etc. Um, that might be a bit too high-reaching, but I think that's something that they want to kind of show off is because the, the, the graphical jumps, whilst impressive, won't be as massive. This isn't like a difference between a PlayStation 1 and a PlayStation 2 in terms of the, the leap forward in graphics. It's going to be in the finer detail and that's one way to show it off. And then yeah. the other thing they'll show is like patching souls which I read the the developers conference and they were like, Patrick patch installs basically won't exist for all practical reasons. They'll be so fast. And so like automatically downloaded that you won't even notice it's happening. You won't have to like go to load up a game and then say, this game needs to update. I hope you're looking forward to playing your Assassin's Creed game in half an hour. Um, (laughs) Instead, it will be just so much faster. Obviously they'll say this is dependent on internet speed and all that jazz. You can't do this on, uh, you know, a dial up modem, but if you've got good internet, the the PlayStation is gonna make things so much faster. So yeah. now what I'm doing here is the second first party game we're gonna pitch is something along the lines of knack, is that they like to have a kid friendly game in there to kind of lead the charge but also act as a as a glorified tech demo. Now hopefully what I'm gonna pitch is slightly better than knack, but hey ho. Um, so this is also from the studio that brought us NAC because Japan Studio haven't put anything out since 2017's NAC 2. I didn't even know Knack got a sequel. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, oh, man. Who bought that game? I, I mean, I, who is that for? I want to meet all two people who bought that game. Like, what God did we annoy to, you know,
1: send <laughs> down Knack 2 on us? But anyway, uh, so it's from Japan Studio, but it's a, it's a brand new IP. Um, it's going to be called element so you play as the elements a family of creative beings sent to a barren planet they are clay who's the dad skylar who's the mom coral the daughter and ash the son. and they obviously control earth air water and fire and it's kind of like um picture them as like um do you know how the, the the character designs for soul the upcoming pixar movie yeah they're little translucent beans but they've got a few clothes on to kind of distinguish that's the dad he's got like glasses and a you know a dad haircut and all that stuff yeah um so it's quite cutesy but it's easily distinguishable what their personality is like what element they control etc um so they can each create things with their um related elements so the dad um can create earth he can create mud he can create grass he can create all that good stuff uh, he can basically do basic terraforming, create mountains, create uh, ravines, etc. Uh, the mom can create wind currents. She can create atmospheres. She can create weather. Uh, the daughter can create rivers, seas, streams, rain, whatever. Uh, and the the boy can create uh, volcanoes. He can create. Um, well, his things come more into play where you can play with two characters and combine their powers. So. If you have the dad and the daughter playing together, earth and water, you can create mud, you can create everything. Mm. What I'm trying to do is basically create Sony's answer to Minecraft. Because as we know, Microsoft now own Minecraft. And I think... They might be in two minds. I might think we're going to make a lot of money if we put it on every console, but then why share the love? And let's just put it on... As a Microsoft system seller, as having Minecraft as an exclusive, or at least a timed exclusive on there. This will be... The answer to that, to give people it is a story driven game, but there is, you know, a massive creative creative uh, element to it as well. <laughs> element. Um, you hey, we could it. just play it in a creative only way and kind of mix and match between the four elements to create whatever biome you want. So it would, uh, the, the story would revolve around these people are from the company Perfect Planet Inc., um, and they send out their teams, their families to kind of these barren planets to terraform them into livable areas for other people of their species to come and live on. Um, so uh, so let me just read my notes to um, So you start basic, but due to the game's super awesome loading and stuff, you can create huge biomes. And they just show the scale at which you're able to create on this planet. Um, and you can just make massive rainforests, you can make vast deserts, etc., etc., etc. And you're doing all of it first hand so it is a third uh, a third person game but you are literally rising the the land up you're sinking stuff you're spraying the water out etc 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 um you can play solo it's also got four player co-op as well both local and online if you want to do that um the kind of elements because in minecraft when it goes to night time you have things attack you we're kind of doing that as well whereas uh, there's a rival corporation moving in with a family called the Malaments um who would look to undo what you were doing um so you can build during the day and then create at night it kind of changes more into like a, a defense game it's more like a casual siege game where you've got to cre- use your creation abilities to kind of create barriers and ways to stop the people trying to ruin what you're doing from ruining what you're doing mm. um it shows off not only the scope of how the how, uh, the ps5 can kind have of huge areas and really detailed elements So you can show it in the wide shots of like, look how massive this rainforest is. Then you can zoom in, say, look at the details on the plants. Look at the details on the rain. Look at the details. You know, you're going to have different wind patterns that blow through your rainforest, etc. Really just showing everything off. Um, The controller can also, the haptic feedback can be used to, if you handle mud, it's going to feel different to how you you would do if you were handling gravel, etc. So that was my idea of kind of, we need a kid's game, but it also needs to be a tech demo. So that shows off basically all new elements of the controller, all new elements of what the console is capable of doing. And hopefully, again, the only need is to be better than Knack. So <laughs>
0: yeah, hopefully we can achieve that very low um, goal. How is that uh, game? Have you thought about how that game could be controlled? Is that more of like a top-down sort of like God Sim kind of thing? Or is it more on-the-ground platform action thing?
1: I think you'd have kind of different options the Baron planet is just starts off as a very very blank slate so there's not much verticality to begin with but if you're doing very detailed stuff down low it would be zoomed in third person but there is then a top down view if you're doing massive rescaling of an area mm. because then that kind of again shows off the pair of the ps4 is that it's both a very detailed orientated game but then you can also do it on a mass scale when needs be cool but the next section is just called, we're going to need a montage. So <laughs> this is where we're going to have the big list of announced games in a kind of sizzle reel. Um, we would have, um, uh, they usually end up pushing indies at this point and they will say the PS5 is ideal for startup indies because of the learning curve. Um, we're going to have exclusive indies. Here they are. The ones that you hear of once in the announced trailer and then never hear of again. Um <laughs> And they announced a project for funding for new independent developers. Like if you've got a if you've got an idea and your company's ready to go, come to us. We can give you grants and stuff to help develop that game and to help push indie games on PS5. Um, you know, it's a bit malevolent because then there'll be PS5 exclusives and that helps the brand and they'll own the IP and all that good stuff. But you know, we'll, we'll worry about that later. Yeah. Um, uh, it will list all those available on day one, both the announced games and the indie games, and they will one up the Xbox presentation by actually having gameplay of Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
0: <laughs>
1: Hopefully so, fingers crossed. So uh, they will then move into like a further sell of like the backwards compatibility with PS4, um, the 4K Blu-ray player that's coming with it. Uh, Voice assist is said to be a major thing in this, oh. and it will. Um, it'll push the inbuilt microphone mainly for the voice assist and saying like it can give you, I think one of the examples I saw was it could say, if you're on a, say you're on a crash bandicoot level, you can say voice assist. What's the average time to finish this game? Cause you need to go to bed or you need to go out. It can kind of say this level on average takes players five minutes to complete. You think, okay, I can fit that in. That's fine. Um, so that's going to be woven into basically everything games, how you kind of move around the interface Mm. etc but they'll also push the inbuilt microphone in the um controller as the death of headsets basically of you're not going to need that strapped to your face anymore because the microphone is going to be so sensitive and the audio maybe even from the control itself is going to be so clear that you don't necessarily need headsets that's going to be a big plus for me personally because i just cannot be bothered to buy um video game exclusive headsets but i think as a way as an entry back into online game which i've kind of ignored for the ps4 I think that'd be a really good um, sales point. Um, Most of those, um, all the third-party streaming, you're going to get through the Create button, because I've just said they're just going to make that the streaming button. You hit that and you're straight onto Twitch. They've streamlined it to the point of ridiculousness. Built in from day one, when they were building the console, they'll say, we were working with Twitch, we were working with streamers to make this the most easily accessible way to get your games broadcast on um, on Twitch and on YouTube, etc. They'll have the usual, you know, talking heads from the YouTube space that the kids like saying, oh, yeah, it's fantastic and all that good stuff. <laughs> um, now, I haven't touched heavily on VR just because I still haven't worn a VR headset. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, ever. Wow. I've literally never been in the same room as one. So um, I-, I would say they're going to say, they'll come back and say, it's going to be compatible day one with the current VR headsets. And the current VR games are included in the backwards compatibility. Um, And they'll announce a price cut on the current VR headsets. But say that within the first year of the console launch, a new VR headset that kind of reflects the future of VR and what the PS5 will be capable of with VR will come about. Because that's going to be kind of tricky. Because in order for VR to get better, the hardware has to get better. That's not really a problem normal controllers have the software is getting better so you can have one controller and you're good for the life of your PS5 VR is going to have to be different and they're going to have to there's going to have to be a watermark pass which kind of like with the 3DS and the new 3DS there will be games that happen that you can't play on the old VR headsets yeah that's their problem to sort I'm just saying they're probably going to name... Yeah, it worked with the normal VR headsets for now, and you're going to be able to play a lot of great games on there, but there will eventually come a time where there will be VR games that you can't play with your current hardware. That makes
0: sense to me, yeah.
1: The price drops for so at least then they don't kill the market straight off. That They can entice people into trying VR out now that when that new one comes out, they might then want to try and get that as well. Right, and now the new stuff. Um, So the London studio which is a very weird studio if you look back on what they develop. Yeah. It looks like it's kind of the one that just helps third-party people with their exclusive PlayStation stuff, so not studios directly owned by Sony. They're kind of a a finishing-up person. But -hmm. they also make loads of, like, the the casual games, including SingStar, which hasn't happened for a while, but I think because they've got that built-in microphone in the controller sing star at launch makes a lot of sense i
0: guess so
1: yeah you don't need to buy a microphone you can if you want but you you can just use the controller and it'll be just as good as buying um a microphone peripheral Mm. um i've also got the demon souls remake here by blue point because they said they're working on something for ps5 so i think demon souls that's the big rumor so i've just gone with that Ah. um that's actually a
0: rumor i didn't look that up at all
1: yeah, yeah. They, Blue Point is working on a remaster. They did the Shadow of the Colossus. Um, they did the Ico remake. So they're working on something. And in terms of like your very Japanese-centric PlayStation-owned IPs, Demon's Souls is the one that jumps out because Bloodborne. I feel like that's more likely to get a sequel. I only didn't yeah. include the Bloodborne sequel because Sekiro only came out last year and that kind of disqualified it with the rules I was sticking with.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that as well.
1: So, yeah, I think that's that's coming, but I don't think that's that's going to be launch. Um, I think two games, This they'll then start announcing a few games that are coming in 2021, or at least in the first year. I think Bethesda will be brave and stick their head above the parapet and very quickly say, yeah, Starfield's coming, and then duck back down. <laughs> With whatever that thing is. Yeah, so they'll, they've been working on it for so long, I feel like they might have more to show than just the logo they showed off at last year's E3. So I think they'll have something a bit more meaty to get into and say this coming um, first year of the console launch. I think they're going to be cheeky and have Hello Games come out and say, we're going to do No Man's Sky 2, but this time it's going to work at launch. Won't that be a novel concept? (laughs) So because of the the power of the PS5, we can now have, we can achieve the original vision we set out. Basically, I'm saying this is going to be the 97 remakes of uh, Star Wars. It's a remastering and saying, oh, yeah, I always wanted Tontons in the background. Um, so, yeah, that's what they're going <laughs> to say. They're going to say, No Man's Sky 2 is going to be what No Man's Sky 1 promised to be, and kind of got close to being with all of its updates, but this time it's going to work from day one.
0: Yeah, this um, time it's actually going to be multiplayer on day one. Exactly.
1: So that's going to be a 2021, uh, the first year uh, release as well. are a few of these I'm not sure. I've I've timed them out. WB Games, we're going to have a big presence at E3 apparently because they have three new games to launch well wow. i can't remember what the third one was um it was possibly i mean they have the lego license so it may have just been the the, the upcoming star wars uh, skywalker saga lego game mm. but i think they're going to take this opportunity to jump on the sony bandwagon instead of releasing these by themselves and doing their own like kind of reveal stuff i think they'll chuck them in here the first one which i've got pegged for sometime in quarter 1 of 2021 um, or possibly, um, oh, there isn't a, a film coming out. Yeah, quarter one of 2021, they're going to release Hogwarts History. This is going to be the very long rumored and leaked on several occasions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter RPG that's going to be coming. Uh, Hogwarts History, named after the textbooks, are prominent in the uh, video games. Uh, it's going to be set in 1967, so just before um, James and Lily Potter, James and Lily Potter get to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be set about five years before that happens, so you haven't got to have much crossover with that canonical story. Because, as I said, I've always wanted to do the Marauders game, but if this is going to be an RPG where you can create your own wizard, that doesn't really work with what would be a much more character focused Marauders game. No, you're right you, there. You play as the existing characters. I'd prefer that game because I feel that's, you know, it's kind of like Jedi Fallen Order. You're giving them canonical stuff that feels meaty and weighty and purposeful but it doesn't really impact on what's come beforehand it can embellish some facts of what you didn't previously know but it doesn't um you know it doesn't mess with the canon whereas this would just be no this is it's going to be set in a canonical hogwarts and it's going to have the teachers there and anyone who was there in 1967 uh, which includes dumbledore had just been made uh, headmaster um I don't know if McGonagall was there at this point, but Hagrid was. So you see Hagrid as the gamekeeper um, apprentice at the time. It's got enough recognisable characters that you can get on with, but doesn't touch on anything that's already been previously established in flashbacks um, yeah. of James Lily, etc. cetera. Um, so you would uh, be able to create your character and undergo a full year at Hogwarts. Uh, the scope of the PS5 will be uh, shown off in the graphics with a fully explorable and mapped out Hogwarts. Um, as movie accurate or uh, book accurate as possible, they can say that you can literally if you want, you can just walk around the castle and and it's it's completely mapped out. We've got it all figured out there's not like hidden walls or anything. It, as you look at the outside of Hogwarts castle, all of its interior is available to you. Hmm. which I think again it's that's why it's it had to wait for the PS5 because they, they needed that graphical power to kind of show off Hogwarts properly um and then they can have the fact that it has branching storylines uh multiple endings and a huge choice of customization um not just in the character's design but also in the voice they're going to have show of the ps5 can have up to like 30 different voice tracks you can choose from from your character so you can find one that you feel really does reflect you so you can have different accents different ethnicities different genders etc etc huge choice they're just having man voice and woman voice mm. you can really find the one that you feel reflect your character which i think is going to be how rpgs are kind of accentuated by a new console yeah uh, so that's going to be their quarter one game the quarter two game which i've got penciled in for kind of springtime 2021 is batman arkham reborn mm. we know that wb montreal who did arkham origins are working on another batman game they are not been subtle about it. It's going to be the Court of Elves. So here we go. Uh, Batman Arkham Reborn. Fo- following a massive breakout from Arkham, led by the Joker and Riddler, uh, the asylum is taken over by a wealthy consortium who are looking to turn it around. Uh, this is a front for the Court of Elves, who, if you don't know, the Court of Elves in the comic books are like wealthy elites in uh, Gotham, who have for years been kind of manipulating things for their own good. They're just a lot better at hiding it than most of the supervillains are. That's why it's not really ever come up before. Yeah. Um, very much leaning Illuminati type of things. Um, but they're taking over the asylum, but it's just a front as they're using the inmates as training for their talents, who are the L looking dudes who try and kill Batman all the time. Yeah, um, They're kind of brainwashed, like mercenary type people that have been like brainwashed by the court of elves into becoming talents. Um, so all of this is aimed at taking down um, Batman eliminating him because, you know, he, he's thwarting all of their kind of shadow game stuff that they're trying to run. So they're just going to get rid of him via right. the talents on top of this, putting pressure on an inexperienced Batman, because this is going to be set before Arkham Asylum. So this is very much the, the Arkham, um, the Arkham origins version of Batman, where he's not as experienced as he is in the uh, Rocksteady games. Um, this is going to, you know, the talent's coming for him is pressure, but there's also now a full-blown war after a, um, the working relationship between the Riddler and Joker is snapped and all the supervillains are pairing off to one side or the other, because not only are we going to be adapting the Court of Elves, we're going to be doing a loose adaptation of the recent The War of Jokes and Riddles Ooh, from nice. the comic books, because that was also like an early Batman story told in flashbacks, so I thought it works nicely here. You've got recognizable villains that you can put in the trailer but the court of elves kind of like how they use hugo strange in arkham city they're the real bad guys because you'd find out that the war between joker and riddler is also being fueled by the court of elves on both sides um that's my arkham idea i could do a much bigger more in-depth pitch than that but for the sake of time <laughs> and, and all of your <laughs> uh, sunday afternoons i won't do that um here's where the stolen thunder bit starts uh, they would also announce as launch would be crash bandicoot warped world uh, oh. which would be a brand new crash game wouldn't you know oh, um, who knew it the visual gimmick i came up with i have not gone in depth as you have the visual gimmick i've come up with is that neocortex has warped the world so that everything is screwy so you'd have polar bears hanging out on volcanoes whales swimming in the desert, waterfalls flowing upwards airborne caves etc that sounds and awesome that exactly yeah so you'd be able to basically it would be the core platforming kept the same just the level design has gone through the roof so you'd still be having all the good platformy goodness um but it's just it, imagine if crash bandicoot was running through a god of war game basically of like it's little crash bandicoot and these little cartoony adventures but it's just the scale has been turned massively upside down and you use all that screwness to build in the new game mechanics of how you get around the platforming because i think because Mario successfully bridged that gap and is the only person to ever do it between two D and three D platforming of mm. uh, changing, fundamentally changing what his platforming was. I think that's the only one I'd ever have confidence in in doing it. Because I mean, you look at how badly it's gone for Sonic and yeah. you look at how badly he went for the other crash games. Which also I found out during the research for this. During the height of the Game Boy, two different versions run so the two divisions of pokemon the two different versions of um oracle of seasons oracle of ages there was a crash bandicoot purple version and a spyro orange version oh you didn't know about this i did not know about this um but i do now um anyway so i think you, you, we've crashed i don't want to be I, I wasn't brave like you were and thought no you've got to keep the platform into what people like everyone loved the insane tr- insane trilogy Stick with that, but you've just got to find ways to embellish it so it doesn't feel samey. You mm-hmm. get that in level design, you get that in adding new elements to the 2D platforming instead of taking it full um, open world. Yeah. So that's my idea. And, of course, for the big finish for launch day games from Guerrilla Games, it's Horizon's second day. So Ooh. Um, I watched a video recap of the story of Horizon Zero Dawn to make sure I got this down. Um, so the world is getting better new artificial animals are being created to help build bigger towns and we're seeing a return to kind of large-scale farming and large-scale communities so you would show this off of seeing like um, brand new instead of like being a hut based thing it's still pretty primitive but there's now like bigger buildings more um, you can see like wide-scale farming is being done and they're just kind of slowly rebuilding society if you really wanted it must be a nice like um visual style to have them basically building on top of the old ruins that are scattered around the environment so you'd have like the bottom half of the building would be like crumbly and what was originally there but they've now built a new advanced bit on the top of it so it's right. a blending of the new world and the old world um aloy has harnessed the pair of the Hephaestus function uh to build cu- the custom machines that help them build this brand new world and the Artemis function, which has rebuilt actual animal life on a large scale. So not only do you have the, the mechanised animals, but now you've got like a wide range of like deer and etc etc etc. They've reintroduced livestock and wild animals to the world as well. The world is healing. However, Silence, the bastard, has advanced <sighs> the Hades function to create Ares. because you gotta stick to Greek mythology when I get the gen. Absolutely. So, because Ares was not one of the original functions of the Gaia Protocol. The Gaia Protocol was the thing that was meant to reboot humanity. And Hades was like the, if it went wrong, Hades would shut it down. Hades went rogue and corrupted all the other functions like Artemis, Hephaestus, Poseidon, etc. And that's what was screwing up the world in the first place. And the first game is about kind of deactivating his influence and getting rid of Hades. But as you mentioned, silence kind of captures the Hades function and has it for himself. Ares was not one of them. Ares is now a new function of Hades, and it changes the way you play the game in that it can now control the machines en masse and not, like, corrupt them like in the first game, and then they just kind of go crazy in their own little section. They can now be organised and led in invasions against the new human colonies of the world. Hmm. So that's how the PS5 is shown off the scale, is that you could show, like, a giant wave of, like, the raptor things coming to invade your city. And you've got to fight them off. You can see them coming over the goddamn horizon. You know, there's all the, the, largely be like the small raptor type things, but there'll be a few of the corrupted T-Rex looking things, etc. Um It can also, the, the Ares function has also created machines that can attach onto the regular animals that are now in the world and kind of corrupt them and control them as well. Mm. So that can latch onto like tigers, it can latch onto bears, etc., and kind of turn them into like a mid-range threat they're not going to be as threatening as the um robots for example but in kind of mean if you're say in say you're in a field and you've got um you know you've got horses that are helping you till the land you've got cows, etc this can attach onto them and turn them into enemies so you can have like kind of quick flare of ways you got to fight half yeah, machine half cool. animals um so uh, the big show-off of the gameplay will be... Uh, so this is going to be the gameplay footage we're going to see. Um, do you know the giant Torterras in Detective Pikachu? Yes.
0: We're
1: going to do that. Nice. So you have Aloy climbing, which obviously we're going to do. We're going to implement pretty heavily. She'll be climbing up the back of this thing that you just see. It, you just think it's land, and then all of a sudden it rises up, and it's one of the Titan machines, and you're having to like climb around it. Kind of like Shadow of the Colossus, or when you fight... Um, Oh my god Zeus's dad in God of War 3 I forgot his name oh my days Zeus's so anyway, dad you, yes you fight on him in oh, God right. of War 3 um you know which bit I'm on about don't you he's the titan he's stuck in the desert he's got beside he's got um, yeah I'm Antonych
0: trying to Aspen. think of the name oh myself
1: oh my Shit. god Dan, man <laughs> oh no my my we'll carry on I'll lock it book. up my Greek mythology book is not to hand anyway it's like that fight um where you are, you are having to climb around this thing while smaller bits of it are trying to fight you. And you are swinging underneath it, you are climbing through parts of it, etc. And that just shows off the scale that you are fighting this, what was a piece of the land is now trying to fight you. And you, little Aloy, is having to climb around to try and find a way to take it down. That's the step up I think you need to take from um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Have oh, no. you found his name?
0: I have not, no
1: oh god right i'm, I'm gonna have to try to move. find it it's gonna wind me up zeus's dad <laughs> um, it's chronos of course it is um, uh, so yeah, the chronos fight from god of war 3 that's what raping but like on a much bigger scale and that had a very linear path this would have multiple ways you can choose to kind of take down this well you've, you've got to get to the same point of the animal because the best thing about horizon zero dawn for me was the kind of tactical way you had to think about taking the machines down you can either be very tactical and kind of harvest them for parts or you can just obliterate them straight away. If you shoot certain bits, you get certain parts, etc. I want to do that, but on a massive scale. So you, if you were at the foot of this Titan, there's about 40 different ways you can choose to climb up him and and get different parts depending on the route you take, even though you're all ending in the same kind of um, end point of its like central cortex that you need to pull out, etc., so, yeah, that's going to be the big launch day game because Guerrilla Games haven't put out a game since 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn. So, just that just makes the most sense of that being the launch title.
0: You've got to think that's
1: it's got to be that, right? Surely. If they're going to have something along the lines of like an infamous, with infamous Second Son, of like they want a the first party game ready to go, that is the only one that makes sense time wise. Pretty uh, much. So, um, we then would get into the when, where, what, how, and who. Um, I've got three models on wow okay standard model 450 quid um you're then going to have a pro model at 520 which will have just more memory you can do more stuff i think they they usually wait a little bit for this one but i think because they know that the premium gaming market is quite big in terms of people who take this very seriously have disposable income all the twitch streamers will want the pro version it can just do slightly more it's not a massive jump but it can just you know it's slightly faster it's got more gig, it's got more and that explains why it's only a 70 quid hike not like an extra 100 quid or 200 quid on top and you still leave room down the line to do an ultimate edition in about three or four years time that can do even more than that thing can do yeah. um and then you have an online only model for 399 which has no disk drive but can play over things online it's a streaming box essentially i like the um the what the xbox that i've got the old digital one exactly i think that's just the way they want to move it because obviously they want to kill the third party um third party seller market if they can um but they, they know they can't do it as a standard model because people just keep the fuck off so i think that this will be their kind of normalization of it is they put it right up there with the standard model on day one and maybe in a couple of generations time that is then the normal model because they've started to normalize it now so it's cheaper because it hasn't got it doesn't have a blu-ray player in it etc but it's yeah online only massive memory 399 so that's 50 quid cheaper than the standard version uh as for date i've gone slightly earlier than you i've gone for thursday the 5th of november there's no major films out that week it is a week shy of black widow uh it's a week after black widow comes out and it is a few weeks before black friday So they can get that initial sales in the first two weeks and then boost that back up again when Black Friday hits and then continue to boost that all the way to Christmas. Um, And then one more thing, because you've always (laughs) got to have a one more thing. Of course, we're going to get the God of War sequel tease at the end and say it's going to be coming by the end of 2021. That does line up just about. Santa Monica put God of War out in 2018. So I think if it's coming back end holiday 2021, it'll probably get delayed. But holiday 2021 is maybe the aim for that one. I think that's, you, you, you just given that little tease, I haven't thought of any story details of what the tease would be. You just let people know, don't worry, God of War is coming. Because, I mean, if you look at the other games that came out, um, Insomniac... Um, I feel like I ticked Insomniac off because they're working on something after Spider Man. So I feel that might be slightly later down the line. Not ready to start with teased anyway. Um, other than just mentioning like, you know, all of their first party games are in development for PS five. Don't worry. Other than The Last of Us, everything that is on a PS4 is coming to PS five at some point in the first like three years of the console. Nice.
0: Um
1: so Sony Ben put out Days Gone in 2019, so they're not going to be having anything new for the start of it. Uh, Medium Mo- Molecule have just put Dreams out, so I think they will just be a port of that. For um, Yeah, that thing's been cooking for an entire generation. I can't see them doing anything else. No, God, no. Um, Pixelopolis, opus even, sorry, have just put out Concrete Genie last year, so they're not going to have anything cooking. Um, San Diego, MLB The Show 2020 has just been put out, so they will just be a port of that. And that's basically it. So, no, I don't see them having anything big ready to go. Other than Horizon Zero Dawn, nothing big ready to go for the start. But you can at least tease God of of War. There's been enough time for them to at least have something ready to go. Mm. And then that's it, because I think it'll be like most console launch years. This is the big thing we need to address. The first year of any console is usually quite shit um yeah because you know they just haven't got it'll just be stuff that you can get on the ps4 it won't really be until 2022 when there's a real need to have it because there will be 10 plus games you can't get on ps4 on the ps5 that you may want to play
0: yeah um, i do feel like a lot of those things are going to be cross-generational experiences a lot like the first year of the ps4
1: exactly so they i mean they'll they'll obviously push the if you haven't got a PS4, but you want to play The Last of Us 2, don't worry, you can do that. It's going to be on there day one. Uh, same thing with Ghost of Tsushima. But those two will definitely be the last two big games on PS4. And it will be... Those will be the first things to come to PS5 exclusively will be the first party stuff. And then it's when the likes of, you know, the Assassin's Creed games don't come out on PS4 anymore. And the kind of the annualised games start moving up. mean, EA will be making fifa 2027 playable on the ps4 don't worry about that oh yeah but yeah so that's the thing we have to we have to address we may not have listed many things there for the first year but that's just what's going to happen you know every console launch in history is, tends to have a a rough first 12 months even the ps4 didn't really have a must-play game until ooh, maybe uncharted
0: like, uncharted 4 really
1: but i mean like in terms of like their first party things that came out what really was it that made you buy the console? Because it Was it Horizon, um, Infamous Second Son was fine, but I didn't feel the need to rush out and buy a console for it. So it might be
0: on, what I'm trying to get at is. I'm going to take a look now whilst you're explaining.
1: Yeah, because there must be... I, I can't remember why I bought the PS4 when I did. There must have been something. Um, but it escapes me at the moment what that may be. Um, but they will be coasting off that... that put january to june next year unless they've got third party games that can only come out on ps5 is going to be barren (laughs) yeah especially with the knockback of all the coronavirus stuff because we don't know how badly that's going to impact that first year it's it's not going to be great it's not going to be as full as it could be and it already probably wasn't going to be very full anyway um so that that's going to impact it but yeah this is my ideal scenario but I think you, you, you've got enough time to at least put out a few of those games I mentioned, like Starfield, the, uh, the Batman game, the Harry Potter game, God of War, is coming, but not launch. The best you're going to get for launch, Gran Turismo, a Crash game, maybe, a new kiddie game, and Horizon 2.
0: Yeah, I think we've both come to the conclusion that there will be at least one racing game and definitely Horizon 2. There's, there's no way it can't be those. If they don't,
1: unless they've got the only exception. If it's not Horizon, because I don't think they would think Guerrilla Games would go back to Zone as the um, as a system seller. That's not no, going to happen. Absolutely we, not. We don't know what Xbox's big deal will be. Admittedly,
0: it's supposed to be Halo, isn't it?
1: I, I would have thought so, but we've heard. I mean, admittedly, we've heard less about Horizon Zero Dawn two than we have about Halo Infinite. I'll give you that, but it just uh, you'd think they'd have that in their reveal thing. I know they said they're going to be more like monthly updates we're going to be getting, but yeah, I think they would have told us about that when they had that Xbox reveal. You want people knowing that Halo's coming
0: up front. But, well, yeah, that, that, that reveal was basically an advertisement for the next reveal, wasn't it? It was like, yes, it's the gameplay reveal. You want to hear about games? Come
1: back in June. <laughs> oh, God, it was awful. But so the only other exception is if they've got a brand new IP. That they are just, they know, my God, people are going to want to play this. They will have new IPs, but not to the same level of Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, To the point of, I don't know what that is. I mean, Infamous Second Son wasn't really a sequel. It was, well, in terms of it didn't carry on the story of Infamous 2. It was a brand new setting, a brand new set of characters, etc. I don't see a game franchise they have that they could do that with. No,
0: I can't. So I'm just looking at what PlayStation released in terms of first-party games for the first couple of years. So at the tail end of 2013, when they launched the PS4, uh, retail games included Killzone Shadowfall and Knack, and then they had some PlayStation Network smaller games. 2014 had Drive Club, Infamous, Little Big Planet 3, MLB, The Show, Last of Us Remastered. And apparently in Japan, they part-published Destiny, so that's interesting um but it's not until you get to 2015 bloodborne god of war 3 remastered tear away the order uncharted until dawn yeah there's two years into the system cycle where you're starting to get games that make sense
1: yeah it would have been uncharted i would have bought it for then so yeah it's full boy it's gonna be i mean i can't if it is god of war and and uh uh horizon zero dawn in that first year i might break my rule I usually wait two years before I buy well, at least a year and a half, if not two years before I buy a new console. And if they have got Horizon and they have got God of War, that's that's a spicy meatball.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really on the fence when it comes to actually because because I, I got PlayStation 4 day one purely because it was one of the few times I actually knew I was going to have expendable income and I wanted it. I just wanted to play. Yep. So I bought it. I look at PlayStation 5, and even though we've both put out pretty good, solid plans as to what that thing is, I think it would take something like a new Crash Bandicoot for me to go, no, I need to play this. I need yeah. to have that. Yeah. Even Horizon Zero I expect Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I don't think I would fork out the money on the console to get it. Yeah. No. I think I'd rather if they if they said, like you say, they finished that um that presentation with a teaser of something that's coming the back end of 2021 and it's something that i really care about they say bloodborne 2 is coming i'm like fuck okay i'm gonna save up i'm having the new telly and i'm having a playstation 5
1: yep that makes sense now we will hopefully be able to tell you all about this next week hopefully after we see the reveal trailer on thursday we are hoping to record a kind of um a follow-up podcast for that it's going to be an hour long so i feel like we're going to have stuff to talk about whereas if we tried to do it with the xbox reveal it would have be five minutes of uh hmm (laughs) where do you start i'm sure it's coming but that's about all i can (laughs) tell you um so yeah we will be back next week with um hopefully a very in-depth dive
0: and we can see who was right That we can. Uh, But until then, do keep it glued to our socials. Uh, You can go and find us uh, individually. So I'm at that Mike Owen on Twitter and Instagram. Darren is at the Gutridge on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can follow the site under the username FowlENT, that's F-O-U-L-E-N-T, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, any other RSS feed system under the username FowlENT.com or Fowl ENT Podcast, depending on which service that you're on. So Darren has told us what's coming up next. It will be, hopefully, a full breakdown of that hour-long PlayStation 5 presentation, and I hope to God we've got some good stuff to talk about. The episode following that will be another pitch, because, hey, we're still in lockdown and films aren't coming out. Do you want new films? (laughs) Watch Scoob, please. (laughs) like that's
1: all there is. <laughs> I know it's it's because I started watching Hunters on Amazon Prime and that would actually make a fun review because the headline of my opinion would be they made the Nazis too evil. <laughs> Jesus Which Christ. I didn't think
0: was possible. But uh yeah. Just cartoonishly like the like, the villains from um, Wolfenstein the New Order. I'm not even joking. It's that level
1: of like st- comic book villain that they're making the nazis out and i'm like i feel this is really missing the point you don't need to make the nazis worse they are by oh god they are by (laughs) by virtue of being nazis already evil yeah so that's all the reviewing i could do at the moment so uh
0: yeah it's it's pitch central from here on out it really is because christ knows when we're gonna get filmed D- no, sorry. Random off-topic, right at the end of this game-centric episode. Apparently, they are releasing Tenet in cinemas. Yeah, I which, saw. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. No, I. I'm already worried about that film because
1: apparently the actors were confused whilst filming it. So, ah, <laughs> what hope we've got? But oh, uh, yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen. So, yeah, we we may actually have more video game review podcast this year than uh than film reviews which is ahead of him because i mean last of us 2 will be with us in the next two weeks um pokemon Sword and shield are getting their first wave of dlc uh sakira uh, sakira uh ghost Shishima is not too far behind in july so oh my god we're gonna be a video a predominantly video game review podcast
0: that's never happened that really hasn't and of course this is just playstation we're talking about we don't know what xbox are going to do we don't know what Nintendo are going to do. They've they just announced that they're doing a new paper Mario out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. That implies to me that their big, um, their big presentation is going to be
1: massive. Yeah, I mean Ubisoft is still going in to put out a presentation in June. E- I think EA is sticking to the original one they had scheduled for E three. Because they're EA and and, and completely blind to world culture. And all so, habits die hard, I suppose. I ex- exactly. So that's gonna be I mean Oh Darren, we
0: cool. all we all get to play Star
1: Wars Battlefront 2 for free this month as well. So we do, yeah, it's that and uh Call of Duty, isn't it? Yeah, but like Sledgehammer's last Call of Duty, Call of Duty World War Two. Uh Well, to be fair. That is better than last week's uh, last month's selection of Farm Simulator and City Skylines. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Then laughs> what a weird feels-
1: month. It was, but this feels like they're just making up for it. So fantastic. It's do the best they- price to buy Battlefront
0: 2. Do you think, they put-, <laughs> do you think those- they put those two games out so you can remember what the outdoors look like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was Well, they, they want 80,000 fruit pickers, so maybe that's why they put it Farm Simulator. Oh, Maybe. Food. That makes all the sense. Don't worry. We're not going to talk about the outside too much on this podcast, so we can no. be a safe haven for you all.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Right. We'll see you next week where hopefully we've got some massive PS5 news. But until then, bye, everybody. Get ready for 3. Bye, everybody. Oh, God, no.